It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. nation. I have just recently fell in love and not with my amazing husband that I've been with for a very long time, but with a new delicious tasting gummy from Goalie. Goalie is now a partner of the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. And I'm talking about the apple cider vinegar gummies. When you try these, and I was skeptical at first because I thought I was going to taste a whole lot of vinegar and not a lot of apple. I was completely wrong. These gummies are gluten-free. They're vegan. They're non-GMO, they're kosher, and they are just absolutely delicious. You got to try them for yourself. And so if you put in the code, go on the website, goli, G-O-L-I.com, and put in the code HERDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-0, and put in the code right now, you'll save an additional 10% on any order, whether you do just a jar of the gummies, they got ones for sleep, they got multivitamins, they got the apple cider vinegar ones, as I... Definitely tell you, you got to check them out. Put in that code, save yourself an additional 10%. Go to goalie, G-O-L-I dot com. Put in the code H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-0. Save your additional 10%. Any kind of of gummy that you want, you definitely got to check them out. I mean, I could talk about it on and on, but I want you to try them for yourself. Go to goalie.com, check out their gummies, and get your wellness together today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are now listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you happen to be watching right now on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button so you stay in the know of every new episode and guests that I have on my show. I'm honored to have this guest on here, uh, how we connected through the world of sports. Uh, I am now part of their amazing world. He is a co-host on, I will say it out loud on this show, one of the hottest YouTube shows that comes on every Tuesday night, Steph Texas and Sports Podcast. I'm honored to have him on the show. Jeff Long, welcome to the Heard That Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you are the queen of DTS. So, you know, <laughs> we got to give you props. You've definitely made the show so much better and glad to have met you and you are part of a family. So, so thank you. So thank you. I'm honored. And we'll talk about that in the backstory on how that all came to being the Deaf Taxes and Sports podcast. But you and I were talking before we got on the show. Uh, there was some breaking yeah. news that came out and there definitely will be out by the time this show drops of the legend that we had lost in the uh, National Football 
league of Jim Brown passing away at 87 years old. Jim Brown, to me, was more than just a football player. He was an icon. He was a trailblazer, did a lot for um, Black history uh, in the 60s with Martin Luther King and Lou Alcindor that became uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, and those that spoke up and spoke out uh, for the treatment of Black people. And his legacy is going to be one of those ones that I think many people around the world, not just people of color, but everybody from Cleveland Browns fans to those that knew him in Hollywood, him being an actor. Uh, what does his legacy mean to you? Uh, you know, like he is, I mean, a trailblazer. Uh, I mean, you have to think at the time of when he was playing in the mm-hmm. 50s, 60s time frame when, you know, Jim Crow segregation was going on. Mm-hmm. He fought for equal treatment of, of black athletes, but he just didn't speak it. He talked the talk, but he also walked the walk. That's and right. he continued to do that after after he after his football career was over. Um, and he definitely had a good relationship with LeBron James, right? He was also a mentor for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just he just tr- he just 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 a trailblazer. I mean, that's just really what mm-hmm. it comes down to. And and it's just I mean that one really hits my soul because as an African American yeah. myself. I mean, it's as just, a black, just no as a black man, yeah, yeah, as a black man, especially those that are in sports and not even uh, in athlete, but just in all genres of wherever you're at, you know, to the blue collar worker, wherever they live to, you know, someone that's well known, like you mentioned, like a LeBron James and those that he stayed connected with. It wasn't just football and just the game. It was that he was setting the example and the precedence of knowing, especially for black men, representing who they are and you know taking a stand for themselves exactly exactly and you know there's not i mean there's still some examples still to this day of 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 good black athletes that are that are paving the way but Mm -hmm. jim brown is one of the first original ones right he's kind of like an mlk of sorts but of sports like he is that he has had that type of impact and his legacy is going to continue on 200 years from now and when you think of civil rights within sports and, and equality Jim Brown is on the Mount Rushmore, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think he is, and I'll say one of the top tier heroes of many people that have watched his career and then, you know, later on hear about his career and he's in history books and and everything. And so let me ask you, you connecting with sports, I'm sure that, I don't know if you had played sports as, as a young age or, you know, how did that connection of sports, your love of sports, come to you were you was it because of a team was it because of a coach did you play sports um you know believe it or not it was actually a woman that got me into sports it was my oh. it was my aunt okay. yes lisa long i have to give her a shout out she she was the reason why i love sports she played for vivian stringer one of the legendary coaches at iowa back in the mid 80s so i had to give her a shout out she was always a big sports fan loved sports Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just sit there and I would just remember being like a four or five year old kid, just like sitting on our lap and just like, Oh, you know, watching NFL, you know, watching Monday night football, watching NBA and watching, like watching Lakers when Eddie Jones was there back in 1996, 97, Nick Van, Nick Van Exel. Um, yeah. so believe it or not, it was actually a woman that got me into sports and she actually coached me in sports. She caught, she coached me in baseball. She coached me in basketball. Um, she even coached me in football a little bit too. She was just like that, that role model for me and yeah mm-hmm. it was actually a woman believe it or not that is fantastic wow shout out to your aunt that's that's awesome to hear and with with sports and and we have talked about this so much and we're going we're getting to 
the show Death Taxes and, and Sports uh, podcast in a moment. But with sports, there's such a connection to it. Whether you played for a little bit, whether you know you're just a big fan and just watch, uh, it it in all genres, it's it brings people together. Have you have you noticed that? Yes. Uh, and if yes. so, you know what's an example for you of the connection that you have felt with people, fans or coaches, that sort of thing. You know, like I think about, like for instance, I think about because I have a lot of family from like the New York area and mm -hmm. I'm a big Yankees fan. And I think about 9-11, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about how games were canceled for a little bit. I think I was like 12 years old during that time. But I remember mm -hmm. when George Bush went out to throw the first pitch, everyone was watching that moment, right? Yeah. And it just gave people a sense of pause and to be able to reflect on what's really important. And it being America's pastime, but just also bringing people together and to be able to forget about all the craziness that's going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's an example of it, but I just think like all together, sports is entertainment, but it's just an opportunity for us to just be able to escape from the realities of life, right? Yeah. And when you're watching a game, you think about the crowds, you think about the noise. I mean, just even the game last night, you could feel the atmosphere, you could feel the energy, how mm -hmm. people in the city of Denver really want that championship so bad, right? Because it, mm -hmm. it, it can really just bring a city together and put all the troubles on pause for a moment just to celebrate that one moment yeah and, it, and it's it's awesome to see that especially you know you don't know who's sitting next to you the person in front of you everything else and the beauty of sports itself that just brings people together and you have no idea if the, the person is your neighbor or you just met them like two minutes ago or everything else that you know right. you, you're rocking the same jersey as they're rocking you know, you're considered family, you know, even the ones that are like Lakers fans, the the awesome thing to see intertwined in the, in the audience there was, even though that the, it was such a close game of such a, you know, back and forth battle, you know, both sides uh, of the ball, it was the fans. It's just, you know, watching them being fascinated with, you know, how many of them, you know, I'm for this team, but I'm for this team, but somehow they just, you know, intertwine and connected. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think for me, it's just like the camaraderie, like being mm -hmm. a diehard sports fan. It's almost as if it's like us being diehard sports fans. We're kind yeah. of part of a for like a semi fraternity of sorts fraternity. Oh, that's good. So mm -hmm. we're, right. Like mm -hmm. I would say that it's like a, it's, it's just like a bond where it's like we spend so much time reading about it. Mm -hmm. We spend so much of our lives consumed in it. And when your team is winning or when your team is losing or even when you're at the barbershop or when you're at the hair salon, you're like, man, did you see that? Did you see that game? Like, yeah, man. Or did you see, you know, Aaron Rodgers missed that pass? Like, yeah. And then you just talk about it for hours and hours before you know it, you've been yeah. conversating, you've been having a conversation with a complete stranger for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of like a fraternity of sorts. Do you feel Jeff that the sports figures, you know, again, us growing up and, you know, seeing our heroes uh, on TV or even having that privilege to see them live, you know, baseball or hockey or basketball, do you feel now there's a sense of vulnerability with the with the athlete, with the players, meaning that, I don't know, to, to me, because of the events that have gone on, you know, the COVID year, the pandemic, 2020, so many of these things, Black Lives Matter. Um, do you feel that the 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 athlete, do you, what, what, I'm trying to phrase this to the point of the, of the connection piece of 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 them i just feel that sense that the vulnerability that it's not you know the fan versus the athlete it's the fan and the athlete that have joined together 
if, if that makes sense of, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I think with today with social media and I think social media has really has allowed athletes to be able to connect with with the interaction. The that's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah, I would say they've been able to do that a little bit more. Right. And I think that there was always a hunger and a thirst for that, even back in the 70s and 80s, even when Magic mm -hmm. Johnson was playing. Mm -hmm. But because there wasn't the type of technology that enabled them to be able to control their own narrative. Yeah. They had to rely on public relations departments. So now you have athletes that are able to control their own narratives. They're able to go on Instagram live. You know, they're able to go on Twitter. They're able to put up polls and say, hey, what do you think if I did this? Or mm -hmm. what do you think if I do that? They can do yeah. podcasts now. Like Draymond Green, for instance, he has his own podcast. Mm -hmm. It allows for him to be able to create his own narrative and to be able to create like his own, like his own, I guess, side hustle of sorts where you're able to get to know him more on a personal level. So I think it's really right. just the technology these days. Absolutely. And I, that's, and that's such a great example that you brought about Draymond Green, because it could be right after a game shower and does this press and everything else where he just grabs his microphone and his, you know, setup and just goes right into, you know, what, what, what went right in the game, what went wrong, uh, him getting suspended, him getting the flagrant, like he's just transparent, the transparency of Draymond Green. It's just like, okay, I hated him during this game, but somehow he's becoming likable to me because he's becoming relatable to me you know, exactly. to a certain extent on that platform. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I think that, I think it's important that these athletes do this more because we forget that these athletes are human. And yes. you think about like the, like the be like Michael Jordan commercial back in the mid to late eighties, right? Mm -hmm. It glorified him to a point of where you thought he was invincible and that he thought that he could do no wrong, right? right. And then when he did do something wrong, right? You're like, wow, like he's a human. Well, no, duh, he is a human. So I think it's, if anything, I think athletes need to do this a little bit more so that people realize that these athletes are not immortal figures like like we have like internalized these guys back in the you know like even like the Bob Cousy's back in the day right they mm -hmm. were they were seen as legends and and but they're legends but they're also humans and we have to remember that especially with like the whole uh, mental health situations that's been going on yeah speak on that a little bit because I was going to ask you about that now that there is a name to uh, to the issues of the mental, of the mind, uh, because there's a lot that put, is put on that athlete to perform great every single night or every time they step into to the mound or every time that they, you know, get their skates on the ice or whatever uh, sport they're in, men or, and women. Speak on that and, and, and give me your opinion on how you feel now the whole mental health movement is for these athletes from a fan's perspective when you see it um, when you see them speak about it or they're involved in nonprofits and everything, has it evolved in the way it should be or should there be more? I, I think they're going in the right direction, but mm -hmm. I think more needs to be done in the sense of the NBA and the NFL and the MLB really having mental health campaigns in the communities and really talking about it more, right? Mm -hmm. They, like the NBA has done a phenomenal job in doing different seminars for athletes on how they can handle their money, how they budget their money, right? Yeah. But I think they need to do the same thing with mental health because I just got to mention the whole John Moran situation, for instance, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, go there. He's 23, he's, he's 23 years old mm -hmm. and you have to think that he played at Murray State, didn't play at a big time university. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, he's thrust into the spotlight. He's 23 years old. He has more money than you can even think of. Mm -hmm. And he's the face of the franchise. And I'm not making any excuses for what he did because it still was stupid. Mm -hmm. that, that was just dumb. 
But yeah. you have to think of the type of pressure for, imagine who you were at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Like 23, me at 23, I was lost. <laughs> I was yeah. going from job to job trying to figure out my way. And now this man has millions of dollars and he has the world on his shoulders. Like mm-hmm. that could affect you mentally. And I mean, balancing out the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, launch his brand, expand on his brand and a young father. So all of that being in the spotlight while trying to, you know, young fans are looking up to him as a hero of sorts. You know, so he's got all of that to balance. You know, yeah. I wanted to add to your point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, and again, I'm not saying he, what he did was, you know, what he did was right or that. I'm trying to justify what he did. But just imagine where you were in life at 23 years old mm-hmm. and with all of that on you. I mean, that's just, I, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, that's just, just from a human, just, just being a human. Like that, that's just a lot. So I pray he gets his life together, but he, he, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of those pressures when you have the one and dones of these athletes that have a phenomenal year and they're like, all right, I'm ready to declare for the draft. I'm ready to go. I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe in the college ranks and college football, I think they have to play two years, two or three years. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two Two years. years. And then, you know, and, you know, for college basketball player, it's one year. And then if they feel like they're ready to go, then they go, you know, and then, uh, we talked about uh, on the show that I'm honored to be a part of Deaf Taxes and Sports Podcast, which we'll talk about in a second. But we had one of the topics that we talked about was the transfer portal um, and how that whole thing is, is uh, I, I hate to say it, but literally it's been out of control. And we talked about it in depth about how uh, some of these colleges have used it to its advantage but many of them have not used it to its advantage. And then it's become a big old mess because what you and myself and the other two co-hosts, Ben and Gary, you know, we'll be on the show and then we're getting alerts about so-and-so's transferring to this college or they, you know, going to this college or, you know, they de- decommitted and they're going here. It's just so much of that. So talk about, you know, give your opinion about the transfer portal because you brought up several good points when you had talked about it on, on a previous broadcast uh, when we were discussing it. Um, oh man. So I first want to say that I think that it's, I think that college sports, it's been beneficial in the sense that, Hey, athletes have the ability to own their college career a little bit more. Right. Mm-hmm. I was never been, I'd never been a big fan of, okay, you transfer, you have to sit one year. That never made any sense. to me, And right. it, it never did. Right. But I look at the situation at Colorado, for instance, and I look at the high turnover and Colorado football. Yeah, Colorado football. Mm-hmm. They did he he has he has brought in 60 new players. 60. Oh, and that is the biggest jump changeover in all of college sports. Yeah. And he's gonna have to produce quickly if he's gonna do that. But I think it needs to be regulated a little bit more because mm-hmm. now it's starting to become free agency now. Mm-hmm. And college sports is not professional sports. Like there's still that amateur aspect of it and i think that it needs to be regulated a little bit more Mm -hmm. i don't know like they need to limit the number of transfers that they can do a year or something Mm -hmm. it's just getting really really out of hand and i think it's starting to taint the instant i'm a really big fan of institutions right we talk about institutions right yeah i think it's really tainting the institution of college athletics do you feel that the nil has something to do with uh what you had just said the taint of the institutions 
Um, I think the NIL has something to do with it. And again, I, I think that they're, I'm glad that people are making their money and mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. I, I just think it's just, it's just getting a little bit out of hand. I, mm-hmm. It just, it's become a little bit too much. I mean, it's just generally just what it comes down to. What do you think? My thought, my thoughts of it is I, I agree with you exactly. Um, I was happy when the NIL did pass. My concern of it, as soon as I got the alert that it did pass, I'm going, okay, this is going to turn this portal and people and, and these athletes transferring on its head. I said, this is going to be insane. Um, for example, my, my college that I love near and dear, University of Michigan basketball team, we lost a commit that transferred from North Carolina that was committed to Michigan. Uh, and then I read in the details that it had something to do with the NIL process that he decommitted. And I don't know if he's going back to North Carolina or wherever he ended up. We lost our big man, Hunter, Dicker, Hunter Dickinson, left and transferred to Kansas. And in his words, he had said it was because of the NILs and an opportunity that was at Kansas was the reason for his transfer. So that right there, to me, when I'm looking at NILs in Michigan being a, a great university, why is these players that are really good, big-time players, that can help their teams, and Michigan had a very rough year, um, why are they fleeing when the opportunity of an NIL that was passed and for them to stay and to to get paid for their name, image, and likeness, that's what NIL means for those that are listening and watching, we're losing players, big key name players, and not just Michigan, but other universities, other colleges as well. I mean, that that's a catch-22. Yeah. That's a... That's a kind of a way a very sticky situation i think that and if like i think in just all of college sports in general is being a big pivot right mm-hmm. when you're when you're talking about nil you're talking about the transfer portal now i'm not sure if you read about the whole acc situation where they're talking about the amount of you know broadcast rights of money that they're losing right i think that they're losing 30 million dollars more over a six-year span versus sec schools so it's starting oh, wow. to have yeah it's starting to it's starting to have them starting to think about realignment like it's just i just really think that the i just really think that college sports is going to just become a farm system for pros and i don't think mm-hmm. that it's going to be i think that it's going to lose its mystique right that's what college yeah. sports has the mystique and i think it's starting mm-hmm. to be tainted a little bit Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books, because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomaine.com, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end, dot com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners. If you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D, 
T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code HEARDTHAT. Save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. And welcome back to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. See, I like this conversation that we're having uh, because it's one of many conversations that we do have on this uh, awesome, awesome platform that Jeff is a part of that I have been honored to be invited to, as well as other our other two co-hosts, Ben and Gary. And shout out to them on our podcast that is on Tuesday nights on YouTube, streams live, uh, Deaf Taxes and Sports podcast. Give the backstory, if you will, Jeff, on how uh, you became a podcaster, and you're brilliant, may I add, uh, and how all of that came together between you, you and uh, Ben and Gary before I joined on. Yeah, you know, it was something that, so Ben and I, so Ben, so Gary and I have been friends for years. We go back to 2007. We were in sports management classes together um, mm-hmm. in undergrad, and we'd always been big sports fans. Gary and Ben and I met him three years later, 2010, built big sports fans. And I always wanted to start a podcast, but I mean, I was just lazy. And I didn't want to do it. But then mm-hmm. just, I just approached Ben. I was like, you know, let's just do this, right? Like, we're yeah. going to hit some bumps. Um, you know, we talked about it. We're just trying to figure out a name, like what the name was going to be. And we're going back and forth, probably like a good four or five months back in 2021 before we started back in February, 2022. Um, and Gary just said, you know what? He actually came up with the name Death Taxes and Sports. He, he texted both of us. He's like, I got it. Death Taxes and Sports. So like every title would be Death Taxes and such and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just had to figure out what it is that we wanted to talk about. And we just really just kind of kept it with some of the major sports and you know, and, and it's just been, it's been, it's been a great ride. When we first did our first episode, um, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Uh, the sound quality was bad. Yeah. Uh, we tried to do the covering the Super Bowl and I'm sitting there trying to edit it. And I'm just like, well, we got to redo this again. This was bad. Like the sound was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then ever since then, it's been great. And then we always wanted to add another co-host. Uh, we always wanted, we, I think it was important to add a female touch to it because I think that it brings another element. We were just waiting for the right person. And then, you know, we, we had you and I was like, ah, she's it. <laughs> like, you know, your sports, you're passionate about it. You bring a different flavor. So, yeah. And then, you know, you agree that here we are 83 episodes later, you know, year and a half and, you know, just still going strong. So again, glad to have you on board. I'm honored to be uh, on board. And I like the topics that we do touch on. It's not just, you know, one genre where it is, you know, the NBA, but I believe that, um, and let me know if you agree with this. I believe we touch on the topics, not only that are, you know, trending topics that are hot topics, but also those that are in, you know, those that matter. So we, you know, you know, talk about the NBA, we talk about NFL, we talk about NHL, we talk about the WNBA, the upcoming season that's happening, um, the events that are going off the court, off the, you know, talk about a little bit about golf and different contracts and everything else. I like the variety of the things that we do talk about. We get the feedback from the listeners uh, that appreciate, um, that we're not just, you know, just one sport or two sport conversations that the conversations we give. And again, we're fans, uh, all four of us, we're fans of the sports itself. And we go through and we, I mean, literally when we're not on the show, we're texting each other, watching the games live, giving our feedback, giving our opinions, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Or this person, you know, fake their flop and they're soft and they got a technical foul for, you know, the air knocked them over. I mean, we're giving opinions. Even though we could be done with the show, 
<laughs> we're still texting each other about how we felt about the show, but watching a game at the same time and everything else. So I just like that bond that what we have uh, accomplished and, you know, my short time being there and in, in enjoying the, the conversations that I have with you three gentlemen is that, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's just more than just sports. We are uh, four people. I have not met you three yet in person yet. And I look forward to that day. Uh, but I felt, I feel like that I have already met y'all and I've been uh, connected with you all for a while. And I like the fact part two of that is that it's more than just sports that, you know, we start to show off before we go live and talk about, you know, how's your mental, how are you doing? How's your well being? Um, and I think that connectivity uh, for all of us, we connect that with the audience. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I, I do. And and I think that it's like we're people at the end of the day, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. I, I think that just in general, we have to, if you're not well, then you're not going to be well on the show, right? It's like when yeah. I'm a manager, like if, like if you're not well, if your wellness is not good, then you're not going to, then- And then, your then, audience like, will feel that. Right, right. And so that's why we took that break because we know that, you know, there's just, hey, let's just take a breather. Let's just take some time, refresh, recharge, and come back. I mean, you know, you have your life. I know that you've had, you know, some things that have happened in some life circumstances. And that's why we wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it because, I mean, your, your family, your friend, and, and we're just not here to just talk always about sports. We're also here to talk about the things that impact us. So, so yes. definitely, I, I agree with you on all those sentiments. I, I I appreciate that. And, and again, it's an amazing show. Again, Death Texas and Sportscast, um, sports podcast. Uh, Y'all and Jeff will drop all the social medias for everybody to follow uh, at the end of this show because you definitely want to check us out. I think that we're, you know, on the rise and it's an amazing show, an amazing platform. I got to give you a couple of grief things, though, uh, for the NFL. Just, you know, that we just had the draft. Uh, your team is the Denver Broncos, and the schedules have just been released uh, a few weeks ago. And looking over the schedules, I want to know your opinion on how well do you think your team is going to do now that you have, you know, Sean Payton at the helm. Uh, are they going to let Russ cook? Is he going to cook correctly or is it going to be just burnt over, <laughs> burnt, burnt plays and... Uh, things that went terribly wrong last year. Uh, where do you see your team ending up? How many games do you think they're going to win? And uh, part three, who is going to give you all a challenge looking at your schedule? And, and I'm just pulling this up here because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, can, so I, can, I can tell you a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, honestly, I just don't know. I, I, I mean, there was so much hype and expectation going into this season. And I was actually at that Monday night game when they played mm -hmm. Seattle and everyone was like, Oh man, you guys are going to blow us up. Blow us and I was like, just let's just see what happens on the field. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we're going to be better because I think that a lot of those games that we had last year mm -hmm. was due to lack of proper coaching. Nathaniel Hackett couldn't hack it. And some of the decisions that he was making were terrible. Mm -hmm. um, we have Kansas city in two of our, in the, in the first half, we played them twice. So there's going to be two losses. We're not going to be Kansas city. Um, I mean, looking at October, your October schedule is loaded. Like, I'm like, if anybody wants to rank toughest to, you know, toughest schedule to easiest schedule, you all, I think are in the, at least the top, top 10, uh, yeah. to go to, you know, the bear country on October 1st, then you go back home and you got the jets, the newly crowned, uh, former yeah. cheesehead, meaning Aaron Rodgers. Then you go to. Kansas City Lake uh, Arrowhead or Arrowhead, sorry, Arrowhead Stadium 
uh, and that's a nighttime game. And then you got the Packers. God knows what's going to happen with them and who's going to lead their team. Could be Jordan Love. Who knows? And then you face the Chiefs again at home to bookend pretty much your October. And then it doesn't get any easier. The beginning of November, you have that bye week, and then you go and you play at uh, the the Bills. That's a pretty tough schedule. Like that yeah. meat part of it, the middle part of it, the meat of the sandwich, that's pretty tough. I'm just going to say like nine wins. I think nine or 10 wins can get you in a wild card and get you in. Right. Mm-hmm. So I I can see us getting nine wins conservatively. I'm going to say that because I think that we're going to win some of those games just due to better coaching because it's yeah. not always about the X's and O's, but it's also about understanding situations, when to go for it, when to not, when to punt, when getting better field position. And I think our defense is still going to keep us in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. We're loaded at wide receiver. Tim Patrick is coming back. Mm -hmm. I like the backup that we got, uh, Perrin from uh, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, who I think is a great number two option behind Javante Williams. Um, I think losing Tim Patrick was big. Now we got the Luce, who's that tight end that we have, who's in Mm -hmm. the second year. So I think offensively, we're in a better position. So I think that we can win nine or 10 games. I just don't Side know. So I know y'all don't want that smoke December 17th. I'm just letting you know that right now. Y'all don't want that smoke. Y'all don't, <laughs> well, y'all don't want that smoke when you come to the Motor City. <laughs> uh, you know what? I will even put a wager on that game. We can put a little bet. Only have to monetarily. We can, Done. we can, we can, we'll, we'll think of it. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, hey, I'm rooting for you guys. Just not when you guys play yes. us. <laughs> how you how, how you feeling about your lines? So talk Listen, I feel good about my lines. I'm really excited about them. Um, I'm looking forward to when they come here to Dallas. And that's at the uh, tail end of December. Uh, I've already, when the schedules came out immediately, it wasn't Lions fans that was blowing me up, shockingly enough. It was Dallas Cowboys fans. I'm surprised Ben didn't hit me up. (laughs) Uh, Talk about the the December 30th, uh, which is a nighttime game, mind you. It is a Monday night game. Uh, The last Monday night game of the season is uh, Lions at Cowboys. And I love the appreciation now that my Detroit Lions is getting now with five uh, nighttime games. Last year, we had none. None. They gave us all noon games with the exception of one game being moved and postponed. And then we had a nighttime game. And then we told Aaron Rodgers he can go somewhere else. And now he's not. (laughs) His last last loss in a Green Bay Packer uniform came to the hand of God's team. uh, One pride, the Detroit Lions. Hey, you know, I'm a big Amara St. Brown fan. I'm a big fan of his. He is, he is, I mean, he's big. I just wonder about that running back you guys drafted. Um, I don't know. Like, I just Mm -hmm. think that his ability to be able to run between the tackles, I know there was a lot of scouting reports with that, and I hope Mm -hmm. that he can stay upright. But I'm really rooting for you guys, man, because I like, like, I mean, your your quarterback was number one overall draft pick for a reason. I mean, the, the man is not a scrub. He's talented. He just... I think you guys can win the division. I really do. I'm going to say that. You guys are going to win the division. I was really surprised that we went with a running back. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I'm not taking anything away from him. He was uh, He's an amazing talent that came from Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, those that are listening, roll tide to you. That's the only time I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just really surprised. And seeing his reaction live when we picked a running back, like he was surprised. His family was surprised. He thought he was going to go later on in the first round, but to, you know, fall as early as he did. Um, but hearing out of camp that he is doing well, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, how he's going to do They're going to put him in preseason and then going into the regular season. Um, you know, when we already had our weapons of, of running backs, 
you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I just think like he get, look, you guys can score points. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no doubt. It's just on the defensive side. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that that's really the thing. I mean, there was one game where you guys like won, or it was like fifty-two to forty-eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't, I remember that. I'm like, I was like, man, just imagine if they could just, just make one Tightening stop. up that defense. Yeah, just one. And I and I really thought that they like the focus of the first round should have been on defense, mm-hmm. maybe like a cornerback or maybe, but. I mean, hey, I still think you guys are loaded. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just unfortunate with Jameis Williams. I think Jamie, Jim, Jim, Jameis Williams, is that how you pronounce his name? Jameis? Jameis? The receiver? Oh. The rookie? Oh, Swaggy? Yes. Yeah, is that his? I yeah, mean, I, I was... Oh. Jamal Williams. Yeah, I, w- I, Jamal was, Williams. I was bummed about that and how that worked out and, then, you know, hearing his words and then, you know, the Lions organization on his contract and, you know, now New Orleans has him, you know, good luck to him. I don't wish any ill will. I know some fans were very salty about the fact that he left in the way he left and then, you know, throwing shade on the organization that took a chance on him after he came from Green Bay. You know, it is what it is. It's a business. It happens. Uh, you know, people that, you know, athletes, they want their contract. Their agents get involved. They want, you know, max contracts or whatever it is. And it doesn't work out. They move on to the next, you know, and that's what the fans have got to do. Change yeah. happens. You know, whether we like it or not, we're losing that big player, that key player, you know, uh, coaches change, all that. It's the nature of the beast when it comes to any business, not just in sports, but in any business. Change happens, whether, you know, and risk is always involved for the good or, you know, for the bad. You know, it just, it's that nature of the beast. It's a part of the business. Yeah, I'm also trying to think that rookie wide receiver that you guys had, he had, he he tore his ACL in the national championship game. He's suspended for six games. Oh, yeah, Jameson Williams. Yeah, Jameson Williams. That's what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah, I'm just, I was really excited to see what he could do for you guys. I, 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 was, I, really too. Was. I was too. And, you know, the, the, again, and, you know, you and I and, and Ben and Gary talked about that when it came to the rules, how tight they are, you know, and how how much the rules have evolved so much on what you can and cannot do uh, and the involvement of not just the NFL, but the NBA um, you know, what you can get away with. And I was, you know, I think I had mentioned it on the show, especially in the NBA where, you know, you had, you know, Boston and Los Angeles and somebody was always throwing an elbow or punching someone in the face, or, you know, my boys literally were the bad boys, Detroit Pistons, you know, Bill Lambeer, you, I mean, he was flying elbows, you know, either you leave with a black eye or a concussion because he was just throwing them elbows everywhere versus now you have flagrant one, flagrant two, you know, technical foul, not just the technical, but you have so many intricacies of a foul that can lead up to a suspension or, you know, so many that you can get leads up to multiple suspensions. And then, you know, you we had talked about load management. So it's just so much <laughs> that has evolved. It has evolved in, in the pro sports today. Yeah, the, just the whole betting thing. I mean, it's... Uh... I guess the integrity of it, but like yeah. if you're at home and it's legal in your state and you have an app, like I don't, as long as you're not bidding on an NFL game, I don't see the big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like the NFL is just kind of, uh, I, I feel like they're very awful. They're, 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 they're control freaks. I'll just say mm-hmm. that they're, they're control freaks. They don't like to pay the players with guaranteed contracts and they right. are control freaks. Enough said. I agree. I, I agree. Uh, before I let you go, a couple of things I, I want to ask you about. And one pertaining to the amazing show, again, Death Taxes and Sports Podcast. 
where would you like to see it go? We a year and a half in. Uh, we, you know, connect with the viewers and those that are watching and, uh, and you have a core following on Twitter, um, a really good base of people that, you know, will connect and, and see what we're talking about. And, you know, we discuss things on Twitter, uh, before our show and after our show and everything else, where do you see this show going as a whole? You know, the one thing I want us to do is I want us to do a live show in person. Yes. That's, 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 that is my that is my goal my my dream is for us to next nfl draft like i really want this to happen we mm -hmm. are at a bar somewhere we actually have a podium we have a stage and we yes. do a live show covering the first and second rounds of the draft like that's that to me i think would really be able to really put us on the map to do an actual live show because i don't think a lot of people actually mm -hmm. do that because people are so used to doing it virtually mm -hmm. but whether we do it in dallas whether we do it in boston wherever that's mm -hmm. that's the number one thing a live show at least once a year where we all meet and we do like an hour and a half special and we bring different guests on we mm -hmm. bring different coaches that i mean that that's really that that's really like the number one thing that comes to mind and last question for you favorite sports memory that you got to be a part of where you watched the game live or um yeah if you were able to watch a game live and it was like the most epic moment or epic oh, uh, night or day of your life you know it was actually last year when i went to the nba finals um in in san francisco i had always wanted to go to an nba finals game and i mm -hmm. just said you know what it's on the west coast i was living in phoenix at the time I was like i just got to do it and yeah. it was just the it was just the whole experience the seeing Stephen A. Smith and seeing and and seeing uh, Michael uh, Wilbot like just seeing them live like on the just on the screen just while they're doing it live yeah just being that whole atmosphere um, and just being in that new arena just to feel the energy of it I mean there there's there's nothing like it um, that I'm not gonna lie it made me kind of a pseudo Golden State Warriors fan I'm not gonna lie I'm just gonna say it just a little bit it was just. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a great experience. I mean, just from beginning mm -hmm. to end. And I, I've been to a lot of different sporting events, but I would have to say going to the NBA Finals game last year was definitely tops on my list. That's awesome. Where is, for you, I'm going to follow up with this question. I know that's the last question. Where is it that you would like to do or where to go next as far as a, uh, a sports event? I've been, it's on your you bucket know, list. I, I mean, I've been to a World Series. I've been to an NBA Finals. You know, this might sound weird, but I really want to go to uh, either Wimbledon or go to the Monaco Grand Prix. Like, those are those are two iconic events that I would love to go to because they're just, they, they're, they're just a different type of atmosphere, different type of energy outside yeah. of just like your regular NFL game. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. a sports nerd in general and I appreciate sports history. I would have to say I, I one of those, either Wimbledon or, or a Grand Prix in Monaco. Spoke it out and it's now out there in existence and it's going to happen for you, Jeff. How can people stay connected to you and follow you and the show? Um, so you can follow us on Twitter. Um, we have our Twitter page, DTS Sports 33 on Twitter. Uh, and we also have our Facebook page, Death Taxes and Sports. You can look it up. Um, you can follow me, Jeff Long, T-E-O-F-F -F Long, L-O-N-G 33 on Twitter. Um, you know, always welcome to interact with people. And we always are open to bringing people on the show. 
Um, and we'll eventually get on Instagram. That's that's the next thing. But uh, yes. look out for more information on that. We'll, we'll, but we'll, the big, we'll get the Instagram the big thing is we're going to be coming and doing a live show soon. Jeff spoke it out in the yes. atmosphere, and I agree with him. It's going to be happening very soon. We're going to make it work, and we're going to make it happen. And I'm honored to call you family. I'm honored to call you friend. And I thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And all those that are watching and listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. We out of here. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast. On Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, heard that with Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Side note, y'all don't want that smoke December 17th. I'm just letting you know that right now. Y'all don't want that smoke. Y'all don't, y'all don't want that smoke.